0: Uh, visit sbtnd.org slash contacts and just fill out the form that we have for you there. Um, and next, we have our rent a teen. So, if any of you uh, members of the church have jobs for the teens, they're trying to earn some money for camp coming up. Um, and uh, if you would just see Pastor Andrew about that if you're interested. In and all of, all of the money, again, that they earn is going to go towards their camp experience. And then, next, in the way of the announcements, we have a TNT, Tubers versus Grammars. Um, super excited about this. It's our third week. Um, so that this this Tuesday, it'll begin at 7 p.m., and it'll, it'll go till, till 8.30 p.m. There's going to be games, snacks, prizes, and more, so I hope you guys are going to be able to make it and join us for that, you teenagers. Um, our missionaries of the week are Jeremy, Jeremy and Caroline Dion. They're serving over in Papua New Guinea. If you guys would um, just uh, pray for them. They mentioned that uh, they want you to pray for some young people in their church that they would, um, who, who are maybe weaker in the faith, that they would be strengthened. And just everyone who, who um, is at the church, that they would be strengthened in their faith. There were 18 baptized recently, so we praise the Lord for that. Um, and then next in the way of announcements, we have our offering. So at this time, I'm going to call the ushers forward, um, and we're going to have our offering. Thankful for the opportunity we have here to give. We also have offering boxes in the back. Um, But at this time, I'm going to ask Brother Randy Glosser to pray for us.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we sure do thank you tonight for loving us so much. Thank you for rain that we've had. And Father, I thank you for salvation. Thank you for our family of faith. And Father, we have folks that are hurting, elderly folks, folks that are facing uncertainty of health, those that need the Savior. Father, we just pray for every need that we have in our church. And then, Father, we thank you for all of our missionaries, and we pray for the Dions. And God, praise your name for those that have been saved recently and baptized and those that really need to draw closer to you. I pray that you will just give great wisdom to the Dion family as they minister to those young people. Father, our young people here, we thank you for them. Thank you for this week of uh, VBS. And, Father, I, I just thank you for all of our young kids and teenagers and youth that you will just bless their lives. Lead them in paths of righteousness, and we'll thank you so much. And then, Father, I ask that you will just bless the offering. May we always be really careful how we use your treasures and how we give, and we just pray that we'll give uh, bountifully and that you will just bless the offering. And we'll thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: if you would join me in singing we're going to sing a worship the king we're going to stay seated on the first verse and then about the second verse we're going to stand so if we would go and sing worship the king
2: Here this evening, well, we got some rain just a little bit ago. Wow, it's really, it seems like this microphone is hot. Uh, so, uh, how many of you got some hail? All right, how many of you lose, anybody lose any trees? Anybody see any trees down? Okay, I didn't see any trees down on our property, but it came through. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess, because it was coming pretty strong, it was just like half an hour and it was gone, but... Whew, it came down strong, so my garden got some rain away. Birthdays and anniversaries this last week. Birthdays and anniversaries. Miss Andrea had a birthday. When's your birthday? Today. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Since you were about four. Hmm, okay. I'll let you guys do the math. Since you were about four, that's wonderful. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries. This. Actually, we should go two weeks because we had VBS last week. What did you have, Cliff? anniversary when was your anniversary yesterday how many years 57 years is that right miss leah congratulations give them a hand 57 years that's wonderful we'll come back to you in a minute after we've finished up and see what the secret is for 57 years of marital bliss say it again another week back two weeks back what did we miss three weeks back your anniversary when how many years 62 62 wow congratulations to you <laughs> Anybody else birthdays it's, birthday it's Hayden's birthday today Where's she at in the nursery How old is Miss Hayden today 18 Miss Hayden who is Somebody's selling on you, I won't tell you that it's your sister's initials are on you, but that's okay. Uh, 18, happy birthday, Ms. Hayden. Anybody else? Oh, Ms. Joy? You had an anniversary? A whole 10 years, wow, that's good, 10 years is wonderful. Anyone else? All right. Well, let's find out what the secret is. We'll start with the uh, we'll start with the ten-year-olds, the pups over here. What's the secret? The ten years of marital bliss. Kiss often and then some more. <laughs> Kiss often and then some more. That's marital bliss, teenagers. <laughs> All right. So. Joe. I've gotta communicate at some point. You gotta communicate at some point. Yes, you do. All right. That's a good one. All right, so 57 years. What's the secret back there? Commitment to the promise and be there for each other. Commitment to the promise and be there for each other, Miss Leah. Patience Patience and more patience. I don't know what she's trying to say there, Clifford. But anyway, that's. And 62 years. What is it, Brother Ray? What's the secret to 62 years? (laughs) 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 Miss Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a good 62 years. Amen. Miss Carol? Took a vow till death does part, and we're still, I haven't killed him yet. <laughs> she didn't say that part, I have that. <laughs> All right, let's sing Happy Birth to these folks. Happy Birth to you. Happy Birth three
3: to you. Happy Birth. Birthary, God bless you. Happy birthday to to you, Mr. John,
2: come
4: on up. Well, once again, please stand, if you're able, for tonight's scripture reading of Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more, because of the children of Israel. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war Which came out of Egypt were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that He would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that He would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children, whom He raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. May your hearts be sanctified this evening. You may be seated.
0: Please join me as we sing Behold Our God. Our Hymn of the Month, Only You Can Satisfy.
3: Who knows just what to say He doesn't need authorities To reason him away Yeah. And love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good. Freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. He just needs a few good men. He just needs a few. few
2: few singers in there too. <laughs> My voice is shot. I tell them, that, you know, I'm not really, I can't sing anymore. I just can't. I love it, but I just can't do it. So anyway, Ezekiel is, no, I'm sorry, you're going to be in Second Timothy chapter 2. You can turn there. We're going to start in Ezekiel. We're going to use this song. We're going to use uh, Vacation Bible School and just all the different things that have been going on. We've been talking about putting on the armor of God. Uh, I, I struggled with this song. These guys would have known that was one of the things had to keep telling us. I struggle with a phrase in this song. Anybody know what it was? Did you catch it? Well, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) It is he just needs a few good men. I struggle with that phrase because does God need anything from us? Uh, He doesn't really need us, right? He uses us graciously, but he doesn't need us. Having said that, and so we thought about changing it to he just wants a few good men, uh, but then the struggle with that one is he doesn't just want a few, right? He wants everybody, right? So it's okay, so it's hard But does God seek out servants? Well, here we are now in Ezekiel. You can be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, but I'm going to read this verse from Ezekiel chapter 22. It says this, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land, and that I, should not destroy, that I should not destroy it. And then, of course, he ends with that famous phrase, but I found none. So while need might be a strong word there, Jesus said we should pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. So I know God doesn't need us, that we need God, but God has chosen to share the message of his gospel and the ministry Through human beings. And so, from that aspect, He doesn't necessarily need us. He wants us. And He wants not just a few, but all of us. And uh, hopefully, we can understand that concept. But God was going to, He was just looking for one in Ezekiel chapter 22. I'm just looking for one, but I found none. Let's pray. Father, help us to glean from the truth of that song, from uh, the Revival week of thriving and not just surviving, from BBS week of putting on the armor of God, that we might arm ourselves, prepare ourselves to be used by you, that we might be willing to step up. We know that, uh, Lord, it's our privilege to serve you, but it's also your desire for us to stand in that hedge and fill up the gap. And I pray that you would burden our hearts with that tonight, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, he talks about those few good men. Therefore, he says, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I've often wondered, now I'm I'm not really going to answer the question, I'm just giving you something to chew on. I've often wondered, how are you strong in grace? And if you understand it a little bit like this, be, be strong because of the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Because God has, through his grace, empowered us, has forgiven us, has prepared us, etc., we can be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he goes on, verse 2, And things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So this is that role that we play, right, Of, of helping others to step up of helping others to plug in the gap, to fill up the hedge. Uh, There's always, let me ask you this question. Where is there not a gap? Where is there not a hedge to be filled? Find a church that doesn't have a gap and you, yeah, that doesn't exist, right? Find a family that doesn't have a hedge that needs to be filled up, they don't exist. Uh, There's always the need for someone to step up. There's always the need for someone to fill in. And God wants us to be in the process, two processes here. One is to prepare ourselves, and the second one is to help others. In verse 2, he's like, commit these things to other people that they might be able then to step up. Commit that of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So I, there's, there's two questions as we get into this, this first part of 2 Timothy that we're asking ourselves. Am I willing... And am I doing my part in helping someone else be prepared? Am I preparing myself to do this? And am I doing my part to prepare someone else? Um, Who do you think, don't make this hard, who do you think ought to do the preparing? Dads, Christians, I'm going even more basic. All of us, that's true. But I'm just going to say this as nice as I can. Not everybody. It is people who are doing ought to be preparing for other people to do, right? The same commit thou. The things that thou hast learn- heard and seen of me and among many witnesses. You know, it, the idea is that I'm not trying to just to teach you how. I'm not just trying to, to impart knowledge to you so you can do the job. It's that I'm out there doing the job and while I'm doing the job, I'm bringing somebody else along. Christian... That's the two-fold concept of this. Am I willing to do the job? Am I preparing myself to do what God has called upon me to do? And then am I, am I bringing somebody alongside to do the job as well? The same commit thou to faithful men and be able to teach others also. Verse 3 says, Thou therefore, now here's where it gets into this, how do I become that kind of person? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Okay, so he compares this Christian ministry life to being a soldier, and he compares being a soldier to hardness. So help me here again. What is some of the hardness that we'll face? We're supposed to endure hardness. What does this hardness look like? What does it mean? Okay, we might be mocked by people, right? There might be friends other family members, whatever. some people are going to make fun of us for doing what God has called us to do. What, the, the ministry is not a popular life. It's just not. Living for God is not a po- Jesus said this, if you, if you follow me, if you love me, men will despise you, and I'm misquoting it, but despise you and say all men are of evil against you falsely for my name's sake, hate you and revile you. and That's what it is. I mean, the, the world does not uh, count Christ as their friend. We count Christ as our friend, but we then are saved people, right? Uh, so when we choose as a saved person to live for God, there's going to be hardness. That might be some of the hardness. What's, what's, what's this hardness we're going to be called upon to endure? Rejection. We might be rejected. Uh, in fact, that's almost a given, right? Uh, the Savior was rejected. A man of sorrows, rejected of men. That's, this is the Savior that we're representing, and... And uh, there's, there's no question that as we present the gospel to people, few there be that enter therein, right? Which means there's a lot of rejection along the way, and that's going to be some of the hardest. That, that's not an easy life, right? Why don't, I, I, isn't this going to be so much fun? I get to get up today and, and face rejection yet again. You know, I mean, people take medication for that. It's it's not an easy life, and yet God says we need to learn to endure hardness. What's another thing? The world, the world itself. The, the world out there is it's anti anti Bible, right? It is the opposite of the way God wants us to live. Not that everyone in the world, I mean, you know, but the world system is, and we're going to face that hardness. What was another one, Wayne? Living the of oh. Sometimes it's living on the edge of poverty, right? I mean, there's not a lot of money to be made in Christ. Now, you can. People do, right? But not really doing this the right way. And sometimes we're living right on the edge of poverty. You know, someplace between poverty and great prosperity, we're right on that edge. You know, God's blessing, and yet, you know, God's blessing, and yet he wants us to depend upon him, and so God's blessing, and yet... We have to pray about where the bills are going to come, how we're going to pay the bills, and you know it's that kind of thing. We we live on the edge of that. Give me one more. Sickness and death. Sickness and death. You know, I mean that's the ultimate. As we think through, uh, death might even be martyrdom, but just sickness and, and and the things that this life comes. This life is cursed by sin. and We're walking through this cursed life as saved people called upon by God to serve Him, and while we're doing this. We need to endure hardness. And while we're in... By the way, if we can't endure hardness, then how are we going to bring somebody else along with us? You see how this works? So that's what I'm saying. The people who are bringing along are the people who are doing. And so we need to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Go on to uh, verse 4. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him that hath chosen him to be a soldier. So here's the idea of this one. our nation, we, we've we, we are there's constant battles in, in our nation in our lifetime, right? There are. But we have long we we're, we're far removed now from the World War II generation concept, and we don't fully understand what war looks like. Uh, we've viewed war in my lifetime on TV, and it's far away. And its precision, right? I mean, we watched back in the first, what was the first desert thing called? Desert Storm? Desert Shield, whatever it was, Desert Shield, Desert Storm. You know, we watched them, you know, pinpointing with the uh, Scud missiles. I mean, they were just taking, they put it right where they wanted. uh, and, And it was, and do you remember, do you remember because there was an anti war effort in the media during that time as we're taking down Saddam Hussein? And, um, they were giving a body count on a daily basis. You know, how many soldiers, how many soldiers' lives is this war worth? Do you guys remember that? Because the body count was less than 10,000. It was like, you know, they were adding them in small numbers every day. We had 10 more soldiers that died today. Now, that's horrible. It is. If, those, if one of those soldiers is from my family, it's horrible, right? You understand how this works? But World War II we're we're adding them in the day every day by the tens of thousands it's a different war and the idea of this passage is that we must be focused to be able to go to battle and the guy that says sure i'll fight the battle for you and then says but i need to first do this and this and this and entangles himself with the affairs of this life and isn't paying attention to the enemy that guy's going to let the enemy come in our back door It's a bad situation. That we cannot be, you know, Dave Young, two years ago, three years ago when he was here, he used that phrase, all in, right? We need to be all in, all in, all in. That's that's the life of the soldier. The idea of living partly for Christ, one foot in, one foot out, doesn't work. We're either all in or we're not in. Because the soldier that's out there trying to fight the battle for us but is entangled with the affairs of this life, is missing it. And so, uh, you know, God gives us this very clear uh, picture here. He says, you know, this is not the way I want you to to approach serving me. We need to be all in. And then as we're all in, we can pull someone else along with us, and we can commit that to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Go to verse 5. And if a man strive for, the mas- for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So, you know, how do we become this man that can be used of God? How can we become this, one of these few good men, you know, if, if we want to use the phrase of the song, or maybe that's the phrase of the Marines, I don't know, but uh, anyway, so we, how do we become that person? Well, we must strive, first of all, anyone must strive for the mastery, strive to win, and then we must strive lawfully. We must obey the rules, right? So now we're in a race. This is the, this, this is the picture of a race, and uh, so you've got these runners that are running the race. Uh, they're out there, they're striving for the mastery. They want to win. Uh, let's, you know, these might be, uh, you know, let's. Maybe it's not a running race. Maybe it's uh, football players. Maybe it's soccer team. Whatever. If you cheat, you don't win. Well, I can't really say that nowadays. But anyway, if you cheat, you don't win. You get the idea. I mean, you got to strive lawfully, but you also must strive to win. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a uh, ball club that they know that they've already lost the season? You might be even think of an Indiana team at some point where they're thinking, you know, we're better off to lose so that we get a better draw on the on the draft coming up. Have you ever watched them play? Like when you're when you're not playing to win. Nobody cares, right? Nobody cares. If you're, not, if you're not striving for the mastery, if you're not, if you're not striving to do your best, people, people are watching you because they want to see you do your best. Well, this is the way it is with our Christian walk. How do I become one of these few good men that God would use, that God would use to propel his ministry forward? Well, I need to learn how to strive, how to strive for the mastery, and how to strive lawfully to do this the way God intends for me to do. Go on to verse 6. The husbandman that laboreth must first be, must be first, partaker of the fruits. And here's what I was, I was, let's go back to how we started this thing. Who's supposed to bring others along? Those who are doing. How can we be, the husbandman that laboreth must first be a partaker of the fruits. How can we expect others to do the job that we're not willing to do. Moms and dads sit back and don't read their Bibles, but want their kids to. Don't pray, but hope their kids grow up to be prayerful. Aren't faithful at church, but they want their kids to go go to church regularly. This is the way we live our lives. We have these expectations of them, but not of us. We must be first partakers. It's us first. If we're going to be successful in this, we've got to be willing to be. This is an interesting thing, by the way. Think about this. In order to lead, you must go first. Do you agree with that? That's That's what makes up a leader, right? You're not like 15 people back and saying, follow me. It doesn't work that way. The leader must go first. That's what it means to lead. The few good men are people who are saying, God, I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to prepare myself. I'm going to strive. I'm going to strive for the master. I'm going to strive lawfully. I'm not going to get entangled in the affairs of this life and get distracted. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to endure hardness. When it gets tough, I'm going to stick with it. And I'm not going to expect other people to do what I'm not willing to do. I'm going to lead. I'm going to go first. Are we leaders? Are we willing to be those few good men? This is what God's describing for us. Skip down, if you would, please, to verse 15. <clears throat> go down to verse 15. Would you, um, somebody, hand me my bottle of water back over there. My throat is just about to go. Uh, verse 15, you already know this, right? This is the great Awana verse. So how many of you can quote 2 Timothy two fifteen? Study. Two. Look this way, Stephen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. They put it up on the board for you. So you can look this way and read it. <laughs> Smart. So, you know, we are, to, we are to put forth effort. This concept of study is to put forth effort. It is to, it's to, to put our nose to the grindstone, right? We are to study, to make this important to us. It's going to be something we, we focus on, we think about, and, and we, we concentrate toward. We're to study toward this, study to show ourselves approved unto God. A leader, or, I mean a worker that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to bring, remember the, the striving lawfully is about the word of God. We need to take the principles of the word of God, put them to work in our lives. We're going to go first and not expect other people to go and where we're not willing to go. We're going to lead. We're going we're to put forth great effort to this and God is going to bless it. Let me show you how God is going to bless it. He goes on, go down to verse 21. How then do I, do I become this man that God wants me to become? In verse 21 he says, if a man therefore purge himself from these. Now you have to read through the entire chapter to see the these, but all the things that God wants us to be purged from. Listen to what it says. He shall be a vessel unto honor. Now help me here. Earlier in the, in the chapter, like two or three verses back from, from, from this verse, verse 21, he says, you know, uh, in, a, in, in a mighty house, or in a... Is it a mighty house? In a great house. There, there's a lot of vessels, right? Some of gold, some, and some of wood, and some of clay, and I'm paraphrasing the whole thing, right? There's all these different vessels. And I'm going to tell you something. The vessels are not honored... By what they're made out of. That's not what the honor is. In other words, what am I supposed to do if I'm not a vessel of gold? If I'm a vessel of wood, how do I become a vessel of gold? We don't. That's not the point. That's not what this is talking about. It doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say change, you know, change what you're made of and you can be a vessel of honor. It says purge yourself from these things, and you're a vessel of honor. You know what makes a vessel of honor? The vessel of honor is the one that God uses. That's the vessel of honor. In a great house, there are many vessels. And the master of the house walks in and pulls a vessel off the shelf and uses that vessel, and that vessel is honored. Now, you know, so when I, when I think about this concept of the kitchen, I, you know, I try to describe it this way. Um, you've heard this before, because I've shared this with you before. But, uh, you know, the... Uh, The gold platter that Grandma serves the turkey on at Thanksgiving dinner is beautiful, and it looks like the place of honor, but what good is the gold platter if there isn't that beat-up old, you know, whatever, roasting pan that's all stained and battered that cooked the turkey, right? You never get the turkey to the plate if you don't have something to cook it in. Which vessel is honored? They're both honored. They're both used. The vessel that's not honored is the vessel that's not purged. The vessel that's not clean. So grandma goes in and she pulls the the vessel off the shelf and she says, Oh my, somebody put this vessel away dirty. And she sets it aside and she gets a different vessel. That's the dishonor. The dishonor is not being used. The honor is being used by God. And how do we become that few good men? How do we become that person? We purge ourselves from these things. In verse twenty-one, if we then purge ourselves from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet. Just exactly what meat is like. You know, we are um, the Bible describes uh, a wife for the husband as a help meet, right? And that word meet means to fill in the gap, to to meet the need that is there. Uh, it's exactly what they needed. So it's a help. When we think about our wives, guys, we we know this, right? We know that, you know, God graciously gave us a woman who fills up our weaknesses and helps us to be strong, right? She's just exactly what we needed. She's meat for us. She's just exactly what we needed. And that's what's the same as here. You know, when we purge ourselves, we're ready to be used, and we're just exactly what God wanted us to be. So we may not be the guy who you know, stands up and sings great solos. We may not be the gold platter. We may end up just being the doorkeeper in the house of God. But they're both being places of honor because they're being used by God, right? Remember what the psalmist said? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God to be in a place of honor is to be used by God. And so as we prepare ourselves, as we purge ourselves, cleanse ourselves, then we're ready, we're just exactly, and prepared unto every good work. In verse 22, he then goes on. How do we purge ourselves? Flee also, youthful lust. Follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So, God starts out, we start out this, in Ezekiel chapter 22. God says, I'm looking for some people who will stand in the hedge, fill up the gap, who will serve me. And I'm not just looking for anybody. And while I struggle with the phrase, I'm going to use it, okay? I'm looking for the few who are willing to purge themselves, to be clean, to be prepared, to be a soldier who will endure hardness, who will not get entangled with the affairs of this life, but are all in. I'm looking for that person because that person will be exactly what I need. Meet for the master's use. Just right for what God wants to use us for. And then we, we purge ourselves from these things. That brings us then to the culmination of this thought in Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going have to get another drink. My voice is just going. We'll survive. That brings us to Isaiah chapter 6. What happens in Isaiah chapter 6? Remember that one? Isaiah chapter 5... You've you got to do this. You've got to go back and read Isaiah chapter 5. It's really cool, I think, the way this happens. In Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah says, Woe unto you. And I, I, in my mind, this is the way he says it. You know, he's like, because read it. He sounds angry. Woe unto you who call good bad and bad good. And woe unto you who do this. And woe unto those people who say this. And woe unto those people. I mean, he is like on a tear. And he's letting everybody have it. And then Isaiah chapter 6 starts this way. And I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on his throne. And the next words coming out of Isaiah's mouth are, Woe unto me, for I am undone." It's easy to see other people's faults. When we see the Lord high and lifted up, all of a sudden we see ourselves as he sees us. And God sends his angel down with the coal, puts it on his lips and purges his lips. Remember that? And the next thing you see is Isaiah overhearing. I think this is just, I don't know how else to explain it. God says, whom shall we send and who will go for us? Who's God talking to? He's talking to himself. Oh, hear me out. It's not like God's asking for advice. You understand? <laughs> when God says, whom shall we send and who will go, he's not like sitting the angels down. Okay, what do you think, guys? Who shall we send? It's not like God's sitting down with the, with the prophet saying, who are we going to send? That's not the way this works. God's talking to himself. The, the cool part about this is that once Isaiah deals with himself and God cleanses him, Isaiah is now close enough to the heart of God to overhear a conversation God is having with himself. Whom shall we send? And who will go for us? And, of course, in verse 8 is the great verse. And Isaiah, here's the way I envision it, all right? I, I, I think sometimes people envision it this way. Like, here we are, and the Lord is saying, Whom shall I send? And we're all sitting there like, I hope he's not looking I mean, We don't want to make eye contact, right? Don't, don't, don't make eye contact. Don't make. Almost sitting on our hands. That is not the picture you have here. In my mind, I picture a room full of second graders. Eight-year-olds. If you, stand, if you ever taught children's church, you stand and say, I need a volunteer. What happens? Whew, hands go flying up. Pick me. They don't even know what they're volunteering for. They have no clue. They, they, and they don't care. You understand? They don't know and they don't care. What they want to do is have the honor of being chosen. And that's Isaiah. Here am I, Lord. Send me. How do you become? One of the few. You've got to choose to be a soldier. You've got to endure hardness. You can't entangle yourself with the affairs of this world. You've got to lead and be the first one to go out. You've got to study and do the hard stuff that gets you there. And You've got to purge yourself and cleanse yourself through the Word of God and get ready so that when the Master comes in and pulls you off the shelf, you're meat for the Master's use you got to say, here, my Lord, send me. That's when honor comes. He's looking for a few good men, a few good women, a few good servants. question is, has he found any here tonight? Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. D.L. Moody said uh, once, I think it was D.L. Moody said, D.L. Moody was a phenomenal preacher, right? You can look this way for just a minute again, all right? So I'll tell you about D.L. Moody. Uh, I, I figured it up one time, and, and these are guesstimated numbers, right? They are. But D.L. Moody would come in, they would have a tent meeting, and there would be thousands of people would come to Christ. Thousands would come to Christ. And, and it seemed genuine because when they went home, there was, there was a difference. And um, so from the time that D.L. Moody got saved to the time that D.L. Moody died, it turns out to about 44 souls every day came to Christ on average through Dale Moody's life.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: That's being used by God. And D.L. Moody said, the world has yet to see what God could do with someone who's completely surrendered to him. You want to be a few good? some of those few good people. Let's, I surrender all. Let's be all in. Let's let God use us. Now, his body is close. I don't know where you're at. You say, Pastor, I'm doing as much as I can. Okay, I understand that. I do. I really do. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm living a life purged and ready. Praise the Lord. That's great. But maybe there's someone here who Say, Pastor, the reality is if God walked into my life today and took me down off the shelf, he'd put me back. I'd miss out on the honor. Of being used. Because I'm not prepared. I'm not enduring hardness. I'm allowing my life to be distracted by all kinds of other things that are pulling me away from the things of God. I'd rather follow than lead. I don't want to be that husbandman who goes first. I find it difficult, Pastor, to to do the grunt work, to study, to make it hard. And Pastor, the reality is my life's not ready to be used by God. But God's speaking in my heart tonight. Pastor, I want to become one of those few. I want to know what it is to be honored by God as he uses me. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, many hands have gone up. Tender hearts. God, I know that it's your desire to change us, mold us, shape us into what we need to be. God, forgive me when I stubbornly dig my heels in. God, help us to be willing to be used of you. Show us what it is to volunteer. Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together.
4: 499, Am I a Soldier of the Cross?
2: 499, Am I a Soldier of the Cross?
3: am i a soldier of the cross a follower of the lamb and shall i fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name amen amen i oh,
2: we have another verse let's do it i didn't see it up there let's sing
3: this thing first. i like this song must i be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease? While others fought to win the prize, and sail through blood he
2: sees. Amen. Am I a soldier of the cross? That's a, there's a lot to that song, Am I a soldier of the cross. Amen. I appreciate it. Thank you for your kind attention and putting up with my voice tonight. I appreciate it. Any other announcements I'm supposed to be making? Miss Judy, yes, thank you. We were supposed to do that this morning, weren't we, Miss Judy? She brought her band. She would like to invite anybody who wants to join her. We would like to dedicate that van to the glory of God, and uh, she wants to use it, what time God gives her, to the glory of God. And So, uh, Will, is it out front? Is it out front yet, Miss? She doesn't know yet if it's out there yet. Probably not, because I'm a little early tonight, so if you want to hang around a little bit, we'll uh, do that tonight. What, did you, everybody get a chance to see that this morning? That was beautiful, wasn't it? All right, anything else? Thank you. Anything else? Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless.